0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of American Muslim Project. I'm Asad, but American Muslim Project is a podcast where we share what's happening in the American Muslim community and also information and interviews about newsmakers in our community. Before we begin, we really wanted to share some awesome news coming from our team here at Rafaleon, the company that produces this podcast. As a lot of you know, we've been working on a movie called Ramadan America. It's a feature film actually comprised of five short films all about us celebrating during the holiday season. We are putting the finishing touches on it right now, but we are excited to announce that we're actually going to premiere it at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas on March 9th. This is really great news for us to be able to premiere this movie at such a prestigious film festival. We'll have so much more to share with you in the upcoming weeks and months. And if you want to follow along, please look for us on Instagram. You can search for Ramadan underscore America, or you can visit our website, RamadanAmerica.com. Again, really big news for us, and we're so excited to share it with the world. And now, today on our show, more from other Muslim filmmakers that are changing the world. Our guests today on American Muslim Project are Samia Khan and Akram Shibli. Both are working individually on amazing documentary projects right now that center Muslim people. Both of them actually took part recently in the Artist Support Program at Sundance you'll remember that that is the initiative by the Islamic Scholarship Fund to nurture Muslim filmmakers and give them financial support, mentoring, and other learning opportunities in the entertainment industry. I asked both Samia and Akram to join American Muslim Project to talk about their experience in that fellowship and so much more. We'll have that conversation up after the break. Akram Samiya, welcome to American Muslim Project. My first question for you all is, what was it like to be up at uh, Sundance for the week as part of this program?
1: Oh my God, it was such an incredible trip. It was actually my second time at Sundance. My first time was wow, five years ago now, in 2019. I went as a student in grad school, just kind of exploring the program, but I was really you know, on my own. This time, it was a curated experience with, you know, ISF, the Doris Duke Foundation, and, you know, the Sun Dance Institute, and it truly really was special. And I want to say, like, this, the festival is incredible, it's amazing, but what really made this so special was the cohort, getting to know Samia, and, and the rest of the crew was just everything I needed at this time to be among fellow Muslim storytellers, filmmakers, you know, Grappling with today's world, it was it was incredible.
0: That's great. somebody, did you feel the same way?
2: Yes, of course, the cohort made such a huge difference. um you know, being able to be with each other, share with each other. um, I really think about how in our work, we really have to embrace vulnerability a lot to be able to develop our stories and you know, to do the inner work of being able to craft something creative. It's a, it's a spiritual process, a transformative process. So it worked in two ways. One is that we were getting the inspiration from what we were seeing at Sundance and the people that we Mm -hmm. were around at Sundance that was giving us the inspiration. But then ISF provided this container for us to process that inspiration, to be able to talk about what we needed to talk about. So it was, Really a beautiful experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was just up there for a couple hours and I was just overwhelmed by all the options. (laughs) And so I can imagine just having someone that curates that for you, then also being very specific about it being, you know, this kind of Muslim specific, you know, experience must have been uh, pretty cool. Um, what can you like? Just maybe a typical day. What 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 did you guys do? Especially for someone who's never heard of Sundance or doesn't know what a film festival is all about. Like, what is a typical day in the life? You know, when you're up there on the mountain.
2: I mean, there's no. I, I'll I'll start. Ekram, please jump in. You know, on whatever point the The typical day for us, it it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that it would be typical for anyone because we had such a curated experience. Sure, but sure. we really, I mean, the ISF was incredible in this way, as were the Artist Accelerator programmers at um, Sundance. You know, Heinel and Emma were amazing. We would have conversations, very small, intimate conversations, probably in the morning, you know, with programmers, with potential fund supporters at Sundance, other, you know, other festival programmers. We would watch maybe one to two films a day. um, Oh, wow. Okay. Which is a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally.
2: (laughs) And it was a great mix of doc and narrative because we had both in our cohort. Um, And then we would have time you know maybe a lunch or something to process what we had seen and then a very special thing about Sundance for us this time were the lodges which are the affinity houses sure we spent quite a bit of time at both the Muslim house which only happened on Saturday night and then also South Asia house 1497 Mm -hmm. um both of those spaces were um really beautiful places to be able to talk about storytelling within our many multiple overlapping identities you know we really talked about how you know something that you're doing i said like how do we create infrastructure to support the kind of stories that we want to tell if places like sundance or tribeca are not getting our work then you know how do we create the distribution the funding the support um, so that we can just make sure our stories get out there, and for me, that was really that belief that not only we can do it, but we are doing it. You know, ten years ago at Sundance, this didn't exist. Actually, three years ago at Sundance. Yeah,
0: three years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, totally. Yeah, um, these are all new, and it's amazing that it's yeah. happening, right?
2: So, and that we had a lot of space also for. um I just want. I just want to make sure that we were also talking about you know our, our gender. I'm a parent. How do we do? storytelling when you're a parent like all of these multiple sure uh things were really coming into play as well
0: yeah how were you uh it was a mix of work and fun and i imagine staying up pretty late over the course of the week
1: yeah i guess it depended on the day and you know we some of us stayed up pretty late some of us were coming back at 2 3 a.m others were just <laughs> like all right it's nine o'clock time to go home yeah, that's <laughs> so that would be me <laughs> It was like uh, what I liked about our program too is like there was a bit of flexibility. I mean, the days were jam-packed. Like sometimes we were like, all right, where are we going to squeeze in lunch? You know, there's a meeting here and then a screening and the meeting and the screening are happening like so close together. Um, But the Sundance uh, Institute folks and, you know, ISF and our hosts in general were like really understanding of, you know, the specific needs that each of us may have had. And when they diverged, you know, like a really great example was there was a, you know a screening that was taking place at the same time as a march for palestine mm, and sure. you know collectively we decided like we want to you know march and show solidarity and there was like no issues there and that to me was also like part of the healing process that this this particular experience offered me it's like how are we navigating these times as storytellers mm-hmm. um I, you know honestly in in a couple months prior to Sundance, I was feeling quite hopeless. I was like, what is all yeah. our art for? You know, if this can continue to happen in the world. And I'm so grateful that I had this opportunity to be reminded that it is meaningful and yeah. just to be in solidarity with everyone. And 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 to have moments of joy and celebration and you know, and dance and sing and you know, chat into into the evening, uh, and make friends, like all of it. It was like like Samia, you said it perfectly, like both dimensions, like the professional and the spiritual were really, you know, coming together that week. Yeah. Did you, any, uh, in, like what was your favorite
0: conversation that you had with, you know, someone, uh, that might have some power to shape your career anything, anything interesting, uh, that any takeaways that you want to share with the, the audience?
1: You know there was conversations with investors and movers and shakers, but really the best conversations I think were with the cohort like I'm thinking mm. about this conversation we had you know at you know it was like ten thirty at night it was with uh, Fatima and Colette um it was one of many conversations we all had great conversations together, but this one we were talking about like the ego and like what it means to be an artist and really put yourself out there and have the mm-hmm. spotlight shine on you, but not let that take you away and realizing that it's a responsibility and it's actually can be an act of sacrifice to, to put yourself in that position. It doesn't have to come from a place of ego. And like, those were, I think the game changing conversations more yes. so than, you know, grateful to all those great meetings that we had, but like that, that real heartwork work that we did together is what, what I'm carrying with me.
0: Yeah. There is something about knowing that you're, not in this alone, you know, fighting this battle with, and you got other people that are down there with you. Somebody, did you feel the same way?
2: Yes, so much so, so much so with the cohort, you know, the conversations that we had. And then I go back to also the conviction that was present and that bolstered me To say, you know, I've been a a filmmaker for over 10 years, but I haven't made Mm. an independent film myself, Mm. you know, Um, and to have the conviction that we are going to tell our stories, our narratives are not going to be flattened, we're not going to make compromises on what we want to say, and we will find our audiences, and we are finding each other in our audiences, and that, I think that confidence um, which was, you know, which came through. It's, it's not even confidence, that solidarity, which we had also at the march and the alliances. That holds you, you know, that holds you. It's it's lonely out here being oh, a yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big time, big time. Yeah, right. It was like coming <laughs> out of the shell.
2: Like the light of day, <laughs> is my work ever going to be? <laughs> um, and then you have this community, which, you know, inshallah will come together more times uh, to remind us that there's value, that, you know, this, the work that we do as a service, not just also art, you know, art
0: and yeah. service where they meet. Right. Right. Any, any feelings of being an imposter while you're up there? I mean, I feel like that's something that for me, when I attend kind of these events, I'm like, wait, you know, I, it, I don't know. It's just, that those things definitely cross my mind, uh, uh, regardless of where kind of what, whether it's in film or tech or, or something else, but in any of those feelings.
2: I mean, you know, I, I always think about one of the first meetings I had um, when I was just started out my filmmaking career, I was meeting with somebody, I won't name them, who probably has, I don't know, 30 Emmy nominations, something wow. like that. <laughs> and he's a veteran in this field and documentary and was like, you know, I'm not a real filmmaker because I didn't go to film school. <laughs> <And then it laughs> just, you know, it just reminds me of how deep yeah. this imposter syndrome is. Sure, it's, and it's, every, deep. it's deep. So many people have it. Um, but I have to say, um, I felt standing on the shoulders of everyone who had come before us, you know, Aiza oh. and Iman and all of these people who built ISF really, you know, and that I felt their support behind us and I felt the vision of what we were doing for the future. So in that way, you know how can you be an imposter?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, not saying that you are just no, kind of, no, I I'm know. thinking.
1: <laughs> that it's, either it's part of it's, the struggle. It's right, it's right. It comes with the territory, but I think there was like, it was almost like a smooth landing strip. Like yeah. they, they let us know, like, like we got you. Like you're, you're in this program with us. You're one of the, totally. you know, the artists. So like they, like the, our hosts like out the gate, like helped us to feel like we belong. Um, and just being with a crew, like, the, such an awesome crew. Like Samia's film is incredible. So to be like there with Samia and just like showing up, like even that, like tick that box right out the gate. And and I think also like just to be around others who, yeah, maybe are more advanced than you in your career. I'm not going to say better than you, but maybe have taken sure. a few extra steps. Like I think being in that environment helps level you up too. Because I, I remember like I came in with a pitch for my documentary, but hearing other people who've done their first and their second and third talk about their projects, I was able to catch on to like, okay, they're presenting the style, more so than they're presenting, for instance, some of the very specific aims of the project, and that helps me uh, see it unfold before my eyes. So I think yeah. it's so important to be in these spaces, uh, to hear from others and to like kind of pick up little tricks along the way. Hundred percent. And I yeah. think
2: there yeah. was a lot of abundance thinking in at least our absolutely
0: well, sorry what I don't know if I know that what you know there like?
2: was like I can't think of the the immediate examples. Well I can think of them in you know the leaders the 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 um hosts of the cohort Aiza and Iman mm-hmm. are also filmmakers right so they right, right. pretty much in their own mind be like I got this relationship with Dork dudes so- dude, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. mine 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 Yeah. And we did not we did not have that at all. It Mm -hmm. was like where if we're at a reception and I know someone who is in documentary, I'm like, Akram, come meet this person and da-da-da-da-da. And Akram would do the same. And you know, everyone would it was very much like there's a pot that's it's so big. It's not just for one person. It's bigger than our cohort. It's massive. There's so much out there and we should all share it. We should tell everyone. In fact, we had meetings that were initially only for our groove. And we said, let's mm. find all the Muslims that not <laughs> oh, No, that's
0: awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> so get them all together. You know?
2: yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, we, we talk a lot about it here at our our companies that, uh, you know, for us, a rising tide in this community raises all ships. And, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, like if, if one of you have a successful film, we know that you'll, you know, you'll bring people up, you know, uh, with you. Right. And I think that, that's something really special about this Muslim creative community that I've noticed that it is so collaborative and, uh, like people connect, you know, uh, uh you know, they connect with the are open with their connections and, yeah. and whatnot. And and certainly with our movie project that we're doing, like, forget about it without the partnerships or, you know, email introductions, we would never have, have been able to do what we were doing. So yeah, definitely, definitely awesome that you guys felt that. And, uh, that, uh,
1: it's so important. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's also intentional. Like it's something we can't take for granted. Like, you know, just because you're Muslim doesn't necessarily mean you come with that mindset. I know Islam pushes us to be, you know, generous and to think in that way, but it was a tone that was set from the beginning with intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful it was.
0: Yeah. That's
1: great. Um, what's next for
0: both of you, Akram? i will start with you.
1: There's a lot of work to do. I mean, it feels like a turning point at the same time. Like it's also like the beginning of a very long and, and challenging journey, uh, but I'm excited about it. It's no longer, uh, and I think this is just part of that energy that we all gave to each other. It's like, I'm no longer as afraid to like take those steps, shoot those emails out there, take a risk with my project. But I have a, you know, I have a feature documentary that's in production and i feel like you know these relationships inshallah will lead to some some real positive results in moving that project forward uh, i'm also really excited to get my screenwriting career out the gate so nice. alhamdulillah i mean just like all all good things ahead um you know and just trying to keep this momentum going uh and yeah. work on work on myself and work on these relationships and and help each other out too because i also want to see This cohort succeed and thrive and i want to see their projects on the big screen too for sure samia
2: absolutely yeah my um my project is a is a personal project with a global resonance so it's been a very challenging you know it's it's very challenging sometimes to sift through the personal and go through the global and uh, you know on top of that i'm working with my 82 year old father
0: mashallah so that oh, wow.
2: you can just imagine what that, unbelievable yeah. Yeah, you can just imagine what you that deserve
0: is. a special place in, in heaven for that right
2: <laughs> i would love for akram to talk about the project too because i think it's so important we use these spaces to you
0: mm-hmm. know share yeah.
2: the stories um and my 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 film is really about discovering this one day when i was nine years old that my father's picture was in the newspaper and he had been named in london uh, as being the head of the world's largest criminal enterprise. Wow. We had to mm-hmm. flee to Pakistan the next day. And of course, that criminal enterprise, quote, unquote, um, was a bank named BCCI, the Bank of Credit and Commerce International, mm-hmm. which was the biggest bank from that day to this that was established in the Muslim world and the Arab world, founded by Pakistanis wow. and had become a major player on the global stage. 75 locations, millions of dollars. And... um you know, it really when that bank got shut down, it it had been transformative. It had transformed the lives of thousands of black and brown Muslims and people mm. around the world. It was the bank for the developing world. And when it was shut down by very you know powerful forces and the CIA and uh, the FBI and all kinds of agencies in the United States and the UK, one had to wonder what it was about that bank that posed such a big threat. For sure. Um, and that never kind of left me, you know, I, I saw the tragedies unfold in my own family at the bank and all of the wealth and all of the success disappeared and, um, and then all of the families around us. And, you know, in 2008, when none of the other banks, Citibank, HSBC, that had been laundering hundreds of billions of dollars and no one was jailed, all of the executives of BCCI, and many of them were jailed. Some of them died there. Wow. You had to wonder about the double standard and who's allowed sure. to play this game. Yeah, who's mm-hmm. allowed to play this game? And um, I think I have a very special opportunity to pay service to this story in, um, you know, asking these questions and allowing these men who never had an opportunity to speak on a global stage to tell their piece. Yeah. So I um, at Sundance I actually formalized my relationship with an amazing producer who's a, a you know had Sundance premieres herself and is just a beautiful soul and a really smart person um, you know and make connections that I wouldn't have been able to and get amazing ideas from my cohort on how to tell this very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, story and, uh, you know, get inspired by the film that Akram is making and that, you know, everyone else is making and really share those ideas, too. So what's next is I'm making this movie and you will see it on the screen.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Akram, you want to give us a 30-second spiel on yours?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, my film also started from a personal place but went to something that I did not expect with a huge national impact. Uh, for many years, I was documenting the start of a new mosque in Buffalo. Mm. It, if you, know, you you went to you uh, lived in Buffalo for a little while, yeah, right. so yeah. I'm sure you know it's one of the most segregated cities in America. The east side of Buffalo is um, where the black community has been pigeonholed uh, and, unfortunately, has been neglected. Uh, there was an abandoned church that was turned into a masjid. So I wanted to explore what would happen over the years as this you know, house of worship is revitalized. What I did not see coming is one of the members of the masjid, one of the you know, volunteer leaders was assaulted and arrested on live television after protesting police brutality uh, wow. just blocks away from the masjid. And as he was sick to the ground with dogs, and they fired tear gas into the street, a young mother who was driving home from a funeral, was shot and involved in an accident with a line of officers. But rather than give her the medical treatment she deserved, they immediately incarcerated her without bail. And this Muslim father, uh, instead of taking the spotlight for himself and advocating for himself, led a citywide campaign for uh, this mother's freedom. Um, They occupied downtown Buffalo, set up camps, and protested for 45 days straight until she was eventually released. And the story continues as we follow her recovery and her journey to Islam. Actually, she ends up becoming Muslim. Wow. um, And she deals with the justice system on many dimensions on how the media uh, tells her story and misrepresents her to how the courts and the police and city hall all coordinated in an effort to make her culpable for the accident. Both
0: of these stories are sound fascinating, and I can't wait to watch them and also share it with our audience. Samia Akram, thanks for joining American Muslim Project.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you.
0: We'll definitely have links in the show notes about the program and how you can find out more about Samia and Akram's work. That's going to do it for this episode of American Muslim Project. American Muslim Project is a production of Rapelion Media. We'd love to know your thoughts. Email us at info at Thanks to our guests, of course, Samia Khan and Afram Shibli. Thanks to producer Ari, and thanks to you. Until next time, I'm Asad but.